Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. This is your host, Christina Orlova. Here we will talk about all things OCD. For more information and to contact me with questions, you can go to www.coreresults.com. That's K-O-R-Results.com. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Orlova. In today's episode, we're going to cover compulsions. Um, There are a lot of compulsions that people might be aware of. And then I think there's a lot of, um, well, definitely there's a handful that folks are not aware of. And so today what I want to do is take the time to actually break them down into different categories and give some examples so that you can take some time to assess for yourself if you do things like this. Um, Most people are aware of some of the compulsive features that they have, but I find that a lot of folks actually are also not aware of some compulsions that they're doing. So to to do that today, what I'd like to do is one, go over the definition of what a compulsion is. And then I'd like to start with a couple of top things that I typically see um, that folks, uh, when folks come in that they're not aware of that those are compulsive behaviors. So definition of a compulsion is any behavior, whether it's mental or physical, that you engage in in order to neutralize your feeling of discomfort and to mitigate the danger, which means you are engaging in a behavioral pattern, again, mental or physical, because you are attempting to prevent something bad from happening that your brain says could happen. So some common things that I see that people do and they're not aware of are the following. One is avoidance. So avoidant behavior, you know, if we look at avoidance in some contexts, um, it would make sense that you might want to avoid something, right? Like if you're standing, um, let's say, on the side of the street um, and a car's coming kind of quickly, you're going to want to avoid getting hit, so it makes sense you're going to pull back. Um, and you might, you know, take that on a couple of steps back. Um, but if you're now, let's say, in a situation where you are um, in front of um, a situation and uh, you have to make a decision, and now you are avoiding, let's say, making a decision because you are too scared and unsure and feel threatened by the fact that, you know, what if I make a wrong decision um, and how that can lead to a catastrophic outcome. Avoiding that, for example, in that instance, would not be a behavior that's adaptive or in that context um, that you would want to continue to engage in. So when we're looking at avoidance, we want to understand the different nuances of how people can avoid. You know, humans are really such adaptable creatures. Um, We all can develop really quick response strategies in our attempts to keep ourselves safe. Um, And so we can sometimes uh, work on avoiding um, thoughts that we deem as scary. And we might be doing that by trying to suppress the thought or trying to think of something else. Um, instead of that thought, we might avoid physically, like literally um, not engage with certain people or environments because we deem them as unsafe and dangerous. Uh, we might avoid eye contact because, you know, if we actually have make eye contact, we feel somehow 
um, you know, maybe you're going to be discovered or seen or somehow it's more threatening. So there's a lot of variations in how a person might avoid. So it would be helpful for you to take some time to check in with yourself and find out if you do avoid, how do you avoid? What does it actually look like? Are you doing anything in your, in your mind's eye, in your head? Are you doing anything physically, behaviorally? Um, next thing I want to talk about is reassurance seeking. So, you know, we commonly know about the fact that, you know, folks with OCD can want to seek reassurance from others, but also sometimes they might not realize that they're actually doing a lot of self-reassurance seeking behaviors. So you might, um, you know, leave or save certain articles that you read over and over because it actually reassures you and makes you feel better. But as you notice, probably it's not like you read it once, twice, take the information and move on. Um, you kind of get stuck and feel like you have to read it um, over and over and over again. Same can hold true. For example, um, what we know in anxiety work is uh, medication can, and anxiety medication can be something that a person uses compulsively um, to neutralize their anxiety because um they start to develop these beliefs that they can't handle it without the medication, that anxiety is dangerous, and um, and then inadvertently they're actually not recognizing their, their training and conditioning themselves um, to decrease their tolerance muscle, and they're actually increasing um, the level of threat that um, they're perceiving anxiety to have. Um, another one is you can have OCD-influenced emotional states, um, and something like compulsive crying can come up where because you feel bad or you feel um, scared and instead of really committing to learning and using some strategies, a person can um, start to have tantrums and start to um, cry, but cry in a way where um, it's not per se because, you know, you're actually like hurt or you know you fell and scraped your knee or I don't know somebody said something you know bad and it hurt your feelings but you're crying more um, where the function of that behavior becomes uh, where people start to um, attend to you to make you feel better and so now you're getting a lot of reassurance going on um, and so it's kind of has a secondary interesting gain that can show up sometimes so you kind of want to be Really, again, honest with yourself about well, what's going on here right now. You know, am I, am I actually clear on what I'm doing, and and what's the purpose of what I'm currently doing? Um, am I doing something kind of in autopilot zone? Um, am I doing something because actually, you know, underneath it, I'm actually wanting to get um, or sneak in, um, you know, some reassurance in there. Um, again, remember, humans are highly adaptable creatures, and sometimes when we're not paying attention, uh, we can start to sneak compulsions in, um, or we can start to do things um, that actually have that compulsive flair to it. So, um, you know, getting clear on how OCD impacts your emotions um, and influences them is going to be an important feature so that then you can catch yourself if you're starting to compulsively cry in an attempt to... Um, get that reassurance so that you can catch yourself and, and make an adjustment. Um, so now I'm going to go into um, some other um, different compulsive um, themes that we have and give you some examples. So we'll dive right on in. 
So we have decontamination compulsions. That basically means that everything you're doing, whether um, you're changing your clothes frequently or washing your hands often or all the time um, or showering, is that you want to ask yourself, how am I doing all this? Am Am I decontaminating or am I doing this because it's a standard protocol? This is your typical average behavior based on whatever it is now. Having said that, with COVID-19 right now, right, we all understand that the current protocol and um, behavior that's being asked of us is washing hands, wearing a mask if you're outside, um, wearing gloves, and keeping um, having six feet apart distance. And if you bring grocery bags, you know, wipe them once, and then, of course, wash your um, food before you actually start to cut it and use it um, to eat it. Um, beyond that, um, you, you, you know, you really want to be, again, assessing yourself. If, if I've already followed the protocols and then I feel like I have to go and rewipe everything again for a second or third or fourth time, and now I'm going and washing my hands two, three, four, five times, or now I'm going into a shower and I'm showering once or twice after that, don't you think there might be some compulsive features going on there that that now it's beyond just following the guidelines that are currently in place that now you're um, actually doing something that's a bit more than um, what is needed Um, so that's kind of how you want to um, self-assess in terms of how much of what do I do Um, then we have checking compulsions so a lot of things can go into this category I mean people can do anything from checking you know doors windows light switches to um, repetitively, let's say, praying uh, to check to make sure that, you know, nothing bad happens. Um, You can be checking your, let's say, materials, like if you're typing things uh, for a document, you're checking for errors. Um, You could be checking that you're not losing um, control of yourself. You could be um, checking your own memory um, by asking yourself or others if you're remembering things correctly. You can be checking your own actions or your words to make sure that you acted um, correctly or not inappropriately. Um, You might be um, checking by asking others' whereabouts um, or how they're feeling, if they're mad, if they're not mad, um, if they're mad at you. Um, So those are going to be different ideas of different ways that folks check. now, after checking, we have some magical undoing compulsions. So this is where, for example, somebody might try to wash off some thoughts that they're having uh, mentally, or they might be rethinking thoughts in a particular way, or they might try to swap a negative or obsessive thought with something like a pleasant image or, or a pleasant thought. Um, or thinking that if you repeat an activity with a good thought or image in mind, then that will somehow um, ensure that good things will happen, um, or like stepping um, on things in special kind of ways, or doing things in special amount of times, um, or that if I walk backwards and I say um, a certain word, that that will ensure that nothing bad will occur. So... Um, you want to get clear about um, what are those behaviors that you're doing. And again, superstitions and cultural superstitions are one thing. But if you have OCD, you might also start to use some of those cultural superstitions that you were raised with 
um, to now use them compulsively to try to neutralize um, your discomfort and try to uh, be preventative. Um, so you will definitely have to make sure that you are paying close attention to those and really challenging that behavior. Um, then we have perfectionistic compulsions like um, having this strong urge and need to um, arrange things in a certain way because if you don't, um, then you feel like your whole life will fall apart. Um, or um, uh, you might um, want to make sure that you're remembering, uh, memorizing things perfectly um, because you don't want, you have this fear of forgetting. Um, or maybe you want to learn everything about something and you want to know everything about it perfectly. Um, or maybe you're performing regular standard daily tasks, uh, but you're doing it more slowly because it's, you're trying to get it all done perfectly. Um, or maybe if you're religious, you're trying to um, also follow... Um, your religious practices in this perfect way without any uh, mistake um, or you feel like you have to tell the truth um, and you have to be perfectly honest or you have to confess everything so that everything is perfect and everything fits um, into what you think um, it needs to fit into so that then nothing bad happens um, some people also have extensive list making practices that engage in that actually are compulsive um, so those are some examples of perfectionistic kind of um, compulsions. And then, of course, typically, you know, if you don't get things done perfectly, usually the result is people end up punishing themselves um, and penalizing themselves. And this is where also a lot of rigidity can develop and um, a lot of control strategies. Um, next, we have counting compulsions. So this is where you might find somebody repeating something a certain amount of or a specific number of ways, or um, maybe there are certain numbers that are considered special, like even numbers are good, odd numbers are bad, or um, you might have people who count uh, like one, two, three, four, five in their head, um, or repeat certain numbers a certain amount of ways, um, or accounting where um, a person may be compulsively feeling the need to start to count like number of certain items in the room, um, or maybe um, they only, like I said, count to a certain number, or um, maybe they're counting um, the number of times something had happened in the environment. So um, counting is one of those um, where, you know, if we're going to do an assessment, we could ask, you know, does this behavior have any functionality to it? And the reality is it doesn't. So if it does not, um, then you really want to create a response prevention strategy that's going to um, uh, create a, a step-down plan to actually um, stop that behavior. Um, we also have tracers, so people who will trace in their mind's eye, they might trace the letter A uh, multiple times before moving on to letter B. Um, typically people maybe go up to C, but they, they never go through the full alphabet, they kind of go back and restart. Or folks might, if they're tracers, they might trace the corner of a room, or they might be tracing the top of a lamp in a circular. Um, if the lamp is circular, they might be tracing that um, circle. So th those are examples of kind of mental compulsions that a person might be doing. And um, if you're sitting with them, you might not even know that they're actively compulsing. Um, then we have touching and movement compulsions. So um, like 
feeling like you have to gesture or pose in a certain way or move in a certain way, um, or maybe sometimes like you have to tap uh, tap um, an item or the side of your leg a certain amount of times, or maybe tap your foot, or, or you have to do movements in reverse or kind of sit up and down several times before you can fully sit down or fully get up, um, or touching doorways a certain way. So those would be um, those would be in that category. Um, mental compulsions. Um, I actually have a whole um, episode just on mental rumination, um, and that really needed its own episode because it's it's a pretty profound, strong mental process, and a lot of folks really misunderstand that um, when they think they're thinking because they're analyzing things, um, they don't often understand that actually what they're doing is is mentally compulsing because. A person, when a person actually just analyzes something and thinks about something, they they usually will sit with it for a little bit, but then they arrive at some sort of a conclusion and they move on. In in mental compulsions process, you're not moving on. You're essentially stuck in this loop where um, you're either you know um, checking or analyzing your own thoughts or analyzing your obsessions or you're rethinking memories. Um, or you're trying to repeat certain words in your mind, um, maybe words you said or somebody else said, um, because you're mentally trying to, again, neutralize that discomfort and make sure that you are, um, make sure that you're actually arriving at some conclusion. But again, if you, if you listen to yourself again through that process, typically you never really fully arrive at any conclusion. It's, it's like you feel like you're on the verge of figuring something out, but you never quite fully figure it out. Um, then we have some protective compulsions, so like asking others um, if um, they're safe or if they're okay, or you know, or asking you know, do they know you love them? Do they love you? Um, um, or maybe you are um, having a hard time using basic things like knives or scissors, or um, if you need a razor blade or um, a lighter or something because. Um, you're, you're nervous that if you use it, that somehow maybe you might lose control or something bad might happen. Um, then there's, of course, some body focus compulsions um, where folks can, uh, for example, seek really frequent medical consultations or um, maybe you're checking your body for symmetry um, or that everything looks perfect or looks good um, or... Um, maybe you're reading books about illness, um, on, or you're reading, um, or you're Google searching about illness, um, or maybe you're talking about your symptoms on and on, nonstop with your family and friends, or you're checking your body for symptoms. Um, uh, then we have, um, some other, um, compulsive behaviors, um, that get into other categories, like for example, hair pulling, skin picking, um, cutting, burning, scratching yourself, um, things like that. So that's kind of a overview of the different compulsive themes um, that one can have. Um, so I definitely encourage you to take stock of, you know, what am I doing um, that I'm aware of? And then let me start to pay attention again. Is there anything else that I'm doing that I'm not aware of that I just heard that I want to start to pay attention to? Um, and once you do that and you create your self-assessment plan, then you want to start to look at creating a kind of a step-down plan for 
behaviors that really have no functionality, that there's no purpose for them. And for behaviors that have functionality, like checking if you, you know, lock the door, you want to really make sure you're, you're, you're creating a plan for yourself that's going to be based on average current normative behaviors. So you know that, like, you know, do people on average check, check if they lock their door, like, once, maybe twice? Yes. Do they do it three, four, five, six, ten, twenty times? No. Do they take pictures of the door? No. So now you at least have some way to gauge of how much of that behavior do I want to work towards to make sure that I do. Um, I will have um, a list of the themes, not all of the examples, but the themes in the show notes. And um, thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you have any questions you want me to answer in future podcasts or any other comments, you can go to coreresults.com backslash contact backslash. That's coreresults, K-O-R-R-E-S-U-L-T-S dot com backslash contact.